Well, well, well. For the first time since March 24th, the Phoenix Suns have lost a game. They went to the Los Angeles Clippers on the second night of a back-to-back and ultimately fell short, losing by 10 to the Clippers. Matthew, that was kind of a a chippy game, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, seriously, the game against the Jazz was fun because the Suns won, of course, but this is like the playoff series I want to watch. There's going to be a lot of ejections. Someone's head might get chopped off. Someone (laughs) might lose a kneecap. It doesn't know. Someone might bring a gun to the game. (laughs) Who knows, dude? I just, I want to see this again. It might, yeah, who knows? But I just, I want to see this again. And honestly, I mean, I'm not too upset right now. I mean, are you? I think this was a well-fought game. I mean, the clip, or yeah, the Clippers made a million out of a million and one three-pointers. And the Suns were still there. It was still a game. The score might sh- not show it, but the Suns were still there. And that's all I wanted from them tonight. It was definitely a different vibe than the game against the Utah Jazz last night. For the most part, the Suns were in control against the Jazz. And the Jazz had the uh, the tough task of fighting an uphill battle to try to come back and ultimately win that game. They got it to overtime, but the Suns prevailed. Tonight was one of those nights where it just felt like the Suns, no matter what they were doing, no matter what offensive sets they were doing, no matter how good their defense was, like you said, the Clippers somehow, some way, had the ability to hit a three at the end of a possession that was highly contested and ultimately lost the game due to it. But it was, it was, a, it was a physical game. It was a game that showed the Suns. Again, th- these are all learning processes. This is all trying to get to the playoffs, knowing that we're going to get to the playoffs, and you're going to face intense type of basketball. And in back-to-back nights, they won one that was very intense, and they lost one that was very intense and physical. And when you come into the second half of a game on a back-to-back on such high-tension type scenarios, it's understandable that they might have lost a little of that juice at the end. Uh, but the way that they kept fighting, almost literally, uh, excites me a little bit. Yeah, it does, especially when you have your two superstars or stars. Well, superstar and Devin Booker, star and uh, DeAndre, and kind of just non-existent, of course, in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's going to happen where you're not going to win the game, especially Chris Paul not getting going and forth. So you don't have those guys going. This is the way it's going to happen. But honestly, a back-to-back game, you're not going to see them in the playoffs, and the Suns are going to win every freaking game in the playoffs. So this is more of the if they were to win or lose these two games – it didn't matter. As long as it's competitive and they can hang, that's all we're looking for, and they can. So I'm all for it. I'm all ready for the playoff matchup of the second round, dude. Yes, sir. Between and again, the, the litmus test that was these last two games, the Suns came out one and one, and we learned a lot about them, and I think they learned a lot about themselves. And we're going to discuss a lot of those things that we saw uh, in both of these games here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So welcome again to all the Jamsters who are joining us live. If you're on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, we appreciate it. If you are on our YouTube feed, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, hit the thumbs up button, and leave a comment in the chat. We appreciate it. If you're listening on the Suns Jam Session uh, podcast on the audio version on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, go ahead, subscribe, rate, review as well. And again, if you are on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, and we'll read that review here on the show. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew, let's say. And you can follow the show at Suns Jam wherever you follow people in person or (laughs) socially on the medias. So (laughs) uh, welcome to the therapy session, Jamsters. I've got another course banquet beer. Matthew's 
Whoa. Oh, this is a therapy <laughs> session. Matthew's drinking. What's that? Yeah. Pink lemonade? It's a wine in a, in a, in a can. That's what this is. That's no. a <laughs> wine looks that it's way. A, it's a little bit of cranberry vodka. That's what oh, I got cranberry right vodka. Well, just well, a little bit, you know, keeping it light. Drink them if you got them, Suns fans. Because we got plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Your Phoenix Suns have lost their first game in quite some time. They now find themselves uh, with a record of 36 and 15, still second best in the West. The Utah Jazz did destroy the Portland Trailblazers tonight, so they do lose that game that they earned last night by beating the Utah Jazz. Uh, Matthew, as you yes. look at this game, when is the last time you saw the Suns play in a game this physical? Oh, I mean... I feel like it's happened, but physically and it's it's mattered against a team that you hate because these these players, besides Kawhi Leonard, I don't really hate Kawhi, right? Paul George is the guy you hate. Patrick Beverly is the guy you hate. Just the Clippers, they suck always, so you hate them. So, I mean, if they're losers their whole life, why not just t- still continue to be a loser? Um, <laughs> I just, I honestly think that this this matchup with them is so physical and it just shows like how much more hair I'm going to lose on the top of my head come playoff time. Because when we do meet these guys again, if so, even if it's a different matchup, this is the one that's really going to tear open apart. This is the seven gamer right here. And every matchup is going to be physical. The technicals have to be watched. The ejections have to be watched because if you do something like out of the ordinary, well, actually, it's not even out of ordinary for Patrick Beverly, what he did to give the elbow to the crotch, you might not be playing the next game. So just be careful, sons. Let the Clippers do that stuff. Let the, if it's Marquis from Marcus, who cares on their team, Morris, (laughs) let them handle that stuff. Let them get ejected and throw their game off because they're going to do that. And Paul George, like I said, he's clutch last podcast. He's clutching in the season. The playoff P, he never arrives. So I'm not too worried about that in the playoffs. But yeah, physical game, man. And honestly, if the Suns would have won, I would have worn my tank top again. It would have been the lucky tank. <laughs> so you are lucky the Suns lost. <laughs> yes, because uh, somebody mentioned in the chat, yeah. uh, Icon <laughs> Deparfum says, I'll take a loss if it means Matthew doesn't wear a tank top again. Uh, so yeah, that's why Matthew's fully clothed tonight, wearing his dancing shirt. Um, for everybody out there watching on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Yes, this was an unbelievably physical game. It's a game that I'm scared to play, uh, a team I'm scared to play come playoff time because they're a team that kind of has our number. It's a team that I don't feel confident again. I know that we talked before, and as, as we went into these two games, I felt confident against Utah. It's a team we've beat earlier, and I didn't really feel confident against the Clippers, and it's because they're a team that just they shoot the lights out. And you look at this game, they shot 48% from deep, 18 for 37, and it felt like it was 18 for 20. And if you remember the first time we played them, they actually shot better than that. They shot 58% the first time we played them, 17 for 29. So combined on the season, they're, what, 35? What's 29 plus 37? I hate when you ask me math stuff on the air, dude. Oh, you're talking to yourself, though, right? 66. So they've gone... 
35 of 66 this year against the Suns. That's 53% for the Los Angeles Clippers against the Suns. It's a team that just scares me because of that. And what I do mm-hmm. like about the Suns and the way that they played this game is they they stuck to who they were. They didn't go crazy trying to come back. And they did the same thing the first time they played the Clippers. They were down 30 in that first game against the Clippers. And rather than just go, okay, we're just going to keep shooting threes in an effort to try to come back and win this game, they settled into their offense. They you know, utilized their uh, uh, efficiency in the half-court half set to get themselves back in the game. In this one... They had they they were holding the lead. They were, you know, but they just they couldn't that fourth quarter, they just couldn't continue mm-hmm. the onslaught, continue the shooting. You know, again, this the sun shot six for 24, tw- only 25% from deep, but they only shot 24 compared to the Clippers 37. So it's two very contrasting styles of offense that play when we play the Clippers. And so far this year, we're 0 for 2. Yeah, and we might be sounding like the Jazz fans did last night after the loss. Like, hey, we couldn't make the three. It wasn't going down, but we still hung in there with the Suns. Like, Don't we you feel ever pretty compare good. us to Jazz fans. Our oh, purple is so much prettier. We might be thinking alike. No, just after that one. But the Suns tonight, that's the thing. We didn't keep up with the threes, which is, it's fine. We don't need to jack them up when the other team's scoring hot because. Honestly, to me, it had to just do with Aiden and Booker and Chris Paul not getting it going in the fourth quarter. Those are the best mid-range guys in the paint guys you want in clutch situations. That was just not going for the Suns. So honestly, to me, this loss, yeah, it sucks. It's a loss. And I didn't even want to say this, you know, oh, it's a sucks a loss, but it's a good loss. It's not a good loss, really, but it just shows you that their defense and everything else they have going for them because they messed up a lot of what the Clippers had going to offense. They, the Clippers were making ridiculous threes. They got a lot of second chance points because of tip balls, um, offensive rebounds, stuff like that. But the, the, the shots they were throwing up there, dude, they were tough shots and, and they were making like, them and they were making them. So Suns had a lot going for them tonight. I mean, in the fourth quarter, it just wasn't there. I guess you can say they were tired, but honestly, I don't really buy too much into that. I just think that the Clippers, had a great night defensively. The Suns couldn't get anything in the paint. There was no cutting. There was nothing they can find with Mikkel Bridges cutting. Even Mikkel Bridges in the paint was struggling. Those little layups from 14 feet, 12 feet were just not yep. going in. So it's just all around game. You have your four guys that are the starters. You look for scoring. It just wasn't there tonight. So and that's what happens when you play a physical game. It takes you off of your game. I mean, we were getting in the Clippers head and they were definitely getting in ours. And that's just, you know, mm-hmm. that's a conference rival. That's what happens when you play a division rival at that in the Los Angeles Clippers, two teams uh, that are at the top of the Western conference standings who are, who don't have any love lost. I mean, Patrick Beverly, we'll talk about him momentarily. Uh, Marcus Morris, you already mentioned. I mean, there's just a lot of, you know, even, even Paul George, Devin Booker, one of his first technical fouls of the season was on January 3rd when, he got up in Paul George's face. So, I mean, it was very, it's one of those games where physically it's, it's demanding. And it's, again, it's a good test for the Phoenix suns. It reminds them of what intense basketball feels like. Cause they played a physical game last night, an intense physical game. They won that game and they have to come back back to back. And I'm, you know, a lot of people are saying we're, they were retired. They were exhausted. I didn't see that necessarily, but I did see it from the jump shooters. You know, as you mentioned, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, the fourth quarter, the legs weren't there. Mikhail Bridges, uh, you can't say Mikhail was tired. He only played 20 minutes last night. 
but he definitely was putting forth a lot of effort early and found himself in trying to guard uh PG 13 at times. I felt like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was just one of those games where you felt it, you felt it. And, and then the Suns had a chance after Patrick Beverly got ejected for being an idiot, the Suns got it down to four. And then it was a missed shot by uh, Devin Booker at the rim. They go down, they hit a bad pass from Jay Crowder to Deandre and they go down and hit a three and then playoff mm-hmm. P who's, who sucks in the playoffs, but regular playoff season poop. P yeah. Playoff mm-hmm. poop was regular season P and he was just, I mean, he was, he was unconscious. It, it was like Steph Curry on those nights where Steph is like shooting with his eyes closed and just going in. Like he, he, yeah. just, he was dialed in tonight, man. No, he was. And uh, what you want to see, of course, is our guys get going, but it, it's insane, right? You look at the shot chart for Mayton in the fourth quarter, nothing, nothing. So it's like, you know, you don't really want to blame anything on anybody, but there's a lot going on with Chris Paul, not getting DeAndre in the ball. I know they were doubling DA in the fourth. If you saw that, yes, they did. But what I like to see is just the little pass up high to Aiton because he's a good passer out of the double team. If they already got the double, he can pass it to the next guy on the other side of the court. I want to see more of that and see if he can work against the double team and just get the little jump hook up. It's better than anything else that was going for the Suns. Just a little jump hook, right? I mean, yep. he's pretty efficient with it, so I would have rather seen that in the fourth quarter, but it just never happened. So that was kind of crazy to actually watch that. Well, and again, I, we, I've talked about this. I've written an article for brightsideofthesun.com about this, how in the fourth quarter, you need to start trying to get the ball to DeAndre Ayton a little bit more because come playoff time, he's a good guy to run your offense through because he can get you high-efficient shots. And to, and to your point, Matthew, he has the ability to pass out, and he he was doing it really well in this game. I he mean, was. for that, that second quarter, and, and I, I think it was just the second, but the second, I mean, the assists he was dishing out, the way that they were running the offense through him consistently is what kept the Suns in the game while the, the Los Angeles Clippers were just bonkers from beyond the arc. So... Uh, a couple of notes that I wanted to bring up on this game. You know, again, you were talking about the DeAndre Ayton uh, double teams that he was receiving in the fourth quarter. You know, here come the D book doubles and the, hot and heavy the whole game. Smart by the Clippers to do that to try to tire him out. And knowing that, you know, when he the first time he came down the court, the first like seven times he came down the court, he had like five different guys on him. You have Kawhi one time, then you have Paul George, and you got Patrick Beverly, and then like a combination of all three. And, you know, that's just a tough draw for Devin Booker after an emotionally charged game last night. Yeah, it was. And uh, honestly, I was going to ask you, um, so DA's his presence down low, there's there's nothing the Suns can really do to give him the ball. So what do you think it is, the adjustments? Because what's fun is if this is a playoff series, you would see the adjustments go on next game. And that's something like I kind of want to see. I want to see how the Suns will respond to a loss like this. I know it's back-to-back playoffs. You're not going to have that. And it's funny, we keep talking about playoff matches and playoff series. And we, mm-hmm. we got 20 games left, 22 games. But I want to see the adjustments, of course. And then we have to play some other crappy team next in the Wizards. So the adjustments are really going to be there for what we saw against the Clippers. It's just going to be a different team. Maybe make adjustments to what you saw tonight. But the Clippers were so smart to go at DA in the fourth. Because I think they knew. They're like, they're trying to work DA into the game plan late in the fourth. And we know how good he can be because he's shown glimpses of it, especially in the last few games. So the Clippers were very, very smart to throw the double team on, on him right away, knowing that they didn't have the three-pointer to go down. Jake Crowder wasn't going to hit it. Uh, any other guy, Mikael Bridges, he had a couple good threes, but he wasn't making anything late either. So they knew if they just doubled DA, give up the three, the Suns 
we're probably not going to make them. And that was a good game plan. I mean, I hate to admit it, it's but smart, it made though. sense for them to do that. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen when these Suns hit the playoffs is you're going to have those teams who notice what they can do, what they can take away and exploit that. And the Suns need to have the ability to push past that. And that's, again, why this is such a good, you know, again, it sounds stupid saying this. We lost by 10 points tonight. And we're saying, you know what? That was a good loss. You know what I mean? Because they yeah, learned something tonight. They learned something tonight. So, I mean, it's just really, it, it's, it, I wouldn't say it's even frustrating. It's something I almost expected. Uh, shout out to Suns Geek. I see he's hanging out in the chat. You know, give him a follow on YouTube. He's one of our, our, our solid friends there. He says, tough loss, can't win them Hello? all, but we'll, we'll go on another win streak starting Saturday. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't even call this a tough loss. I just call this a loss. You know, you, you pack your bags, you leave town, you come home, and you got another little win streak coming for you. And then uh, shout out to uh, 31 Flava in the chat. Yeah, he's got a super chat. He threw five bucks. So, Matthew, you, we can dress you fully because now you're fully dressed. Now we got to get you some uh, some Air Jordans. But uh, he said, I knew we were losing this one before it started. Kryptonite, uh, the Darth Vader in our mirror. Also, preemptively, it's lackadaisical, not lackadaisical. Because <laughs> I uh, one or both of us always say I lack, probably, lack. I, I probably do. It's probably me. So we appreciate you know that thirty-one. You learn something every day. So thank you. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, another thing that I noticed in this game early on, and we were we were mentioning this is, you know, the way that Aiden has continued to play is just something that I'm very very happy to see. Agro Aiden, I called him on Twitter tonight. You know, for the f- I, I'm like, you know what? He's finally getting to the point where you can call him aggressive. Even though he wasn't dunking the ball, he didn't dunk it like at all tonight. But I don't care. He has that little little floater that he has that goes in. And yeah. you look at his last uh, ten games coming into this, and he's averaging seventeen points and and ten point four uh, rebounds. And then tonight he threw up an eighteen and ten. So I mean that's kind of par for the course for DeAndre. And if we can get eighteen and ten from him, knowing that that's going to come off of high efficient shots, because mm-hmm. with that that seventeen point four and that ten that he's uh, put up in the last ten games, he's shooting sixty four percent from the field, um, and even the threes he's taken the past games, I've liked mm-hmm. those threes. Did you? Yeah, no, I do because he's in rhythm. Hold on, hold I on, mean, hold on. I'm such. What an is ass. going on? I'm such an ass. Watch twenty twenty one. How party dare foul, I don't lead it off? Yeah, drink if you got him. That's a party foul on me. We're talking about uh, eight and I'd even dro- do the drop. I'm an idiot. It's all right, dude. I was going to, and then we got too, too far into it, and I just forgot, man. Once you get into eight just and one. cut me off next time. I'm just, we're zoned in. <laughs> oh, there's my fake laugh. Beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, so what were we talking about? So, Aiden, what did you say before, you know? Do you remember what you were talking about? Yeah, I was talking about essentially how productive he's been in the last 10 games and 18 and 10 is a good is is quality production for him given the efficiency that he has. Yeah. Um, so what I was going to say is every time we, we, we talk about the next game, you're like, what's the matchup primary matchup. I'm always just like Aiden, it's Aiden versus whoever's covering him, whoever's the other center, whoever is on him, that game, whoever's in the paint. That's what I watch all game. To me, it's been like, Every game, it doesn't matter. It's the same game he's playing. Like he's perfecting his craft in a way. I know it's going to be a couple of years. So he really perfects it. Mm-hmm. But him, the rim running, whatever he does under the rim, staying he, his positioning tonight on the defensive rebounds wasn't that great. But besides that, his offensive rebounds where he could tip the ball, he has a chance to get the ball. He's really, if you watch him play, 
it's like he is trying to perfect his art and he knows what to do on the court now it's it's really weird how much he's formed into this actual center that's versatile that's a guy that like you said will shoot the three but it's when he gets in rhythm it's when he's actually got eight points, 10 points, and then the offense is just flowing through him. He's wide open. Why not shoot? I know his percentage is terrible, but I mean, it's a good looking shot, especially if the rest of the team can't make a three. Why does it matter? If Jake Crowder goes 0 for 8 one night, why can't Aiton throw one up there wide open? Because we know he can make it. So it, it's okay to watch that. I, I'm never upset with him. And that's one thing I wanted to say too is this first three quarters, I wasn't really upset because they were giving him the ball. Then the fourth quarter was like, then I was upset. I actually wrote in my notes. I'm like, I didn't even think about it tonight. Give him the damn ball. Because usually, I mean, how many times do you yell that every game? I feel like it's a lot. Every game. But tonight, it wasn't that till the fourth. And I think, Chris Paul, they got to work something out with that. Because they need to find a way to get this man the ball in the fourth. Well, and Shaq mentioned it at halftime. Easy buckets, and you're going to need easy buckets in the playoffs. Now, he was talking about Rajon Rondo and how he's come to the Clippers and provided easy buckets for the Clippers that are going to be vital come playoff time. But the Phoenix Suns really need to look at some of those options, and DeAndre Ayton is one of those options, as we just mentioned. You know, feed it to him in the post and see what happens. He's getting a lot better at his post-ups. He's getting a lot better at his little middies, and he can also pass out of double teams when they're thrown his way. So, again, another learning opportunity for the Suns from this loss. And even in the win last night, it was seen, okay, having DeAndre Ayton have that intensity and be locked into the game, that's what we wanted to see. If we came into these two games against the Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Clippers and we saw lax, oh, I almost said it, lackadaisical DeAndre Ayton, then matter. we would have been unbelievably disappointed. But these two mm-hmm. games, coupled with the previous nine games, proves to you that this guy is, again, headed in the right direction. If we wanted him to be our franchise center and be Joel Embiid, then we would we would base our entire offense around him. He is a tertiary and sometimes whatever the – number four version of tertiary is uh, uh, option for the Suns in their offense. So knowing that you have that is something that's going to, again, continue to develop that and know that come playoff time, you're going to have to rely on it. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you're going to have to work that out during the regular season. Like, listen, in the fourth quarter, it's feed DA time. And and, uh, as you mentioned, Matthew, credit to the Clippers for recognizing that the Suns might try that. So they just collapsed on him the entire fourth quarter, forced the sh- the the Phoenix Suns to take jumpers when they had tired legs uh, outside of Mikael Bridges. Yeah, one thing you saw too, Booker couldn't get it going. So what he did is he got to the line. He, they yep. kept drawing the foul. And it was very, very smart. Try to get in the bonus. Try to work the twos. Try to go uh, two for two from the free throw line. Try to get back in it that way. Just hope to God that Paul George does not make any more threes where DA is all up in his grill, hand in his face. But that's that's what happened. It's like give yourself a chance. You know, don't let this thing get too far out of hand so quickly. It did later on, but they still gave themselves a chance with like four or five minutes left to go. They still had the opportunity to really kind of cut it close if they could. You know, two-minute mark, can you get down by seven? Something like that. That's what they were really focused on. So not shooting the threes, trying to get back into that way. So they were playing a smarter ball. And like in the chat right now, we're seeing a lot of, you know, Javon Carter, he's crap, get him out of here. Sarich, we'll do a smoke break. He's taking a smoke break. Crowder. Yeah, it, but the thing is with Sarge and Javon Carter, they need these minutes to get more. I mean, Javon Carter on the drive he had and he just fell, like that's a lot of nerves. That's a big situation yes. for him, the biggest in his career. So he will get better. He'll continue to improve. You just have to give him 
the minutes trial by fire trial by fire and i just I honestly i think that it's smart to get these guys the minutes maybe galloway maybe each one more can maybe eventually come back in but right now i don't care who's getting the minutes because some of them might look like crap some of them might make a lot of mistakes but it's the mistakes they need to make to get better on the court i think Make those mistakes now in the regular season versus game, you know, game six against the Clippers in the second round. I I completely agree with you. I actually wrote in my notes, Javon, no confidence Carter, because at one point he had a wide open three. He looked to pass it to his right. He then pump faked at the three again, and then he passed it off to his left. And I was like, dude, you're wide open that whole time. Like he had enough time to grab the ball in his hand, look at the rim, pump fake, go now, Pat. No, I'll shoot it now. Pat. I mean, and then the next time down, he took the three and he hit it. And I was like, all right, there you go, Javon. But mm-hmm. that's why these minutes are so vital for that those bench players and why Monty's really tr- testing out. Because, again, like you said, Matthew, we are 20 games away. We're six weeks away from the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. Six weeks. Request okay. that time off. Yeah, start, off. start accruing that PTO. Uh, maybe just take, take, take a vacation because – Yes. You're gonna need two months off because the Suns are going to the finals, baby. Yep. Have so, the kids stay at mom's house for a couple weeks. Yeah, just know. abandon them for like a, a season, you know, like uh, two or three months, and then come back and be like, "I'm back," you know. But I think that it's really important to understand that what Monty's trying to do is develop confidence in these guys and see what he has on this team. Javon Carter, uh, not a lot of minutes tonight. He ended up playing the, only those five minutes, uh, probably because like more. Like it seemed it, like he from watching him. Uh, just the way he played, it didn't seem that great. But his, the stat line, five minutes, he never missed a shot, five points. He's like, oh, pretty good minutes. But it just didn't look that great. You know what I mean? When we're talking about him. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? No, yeah. I get you. Because you felt like he was out there longer than he was because he had so much action in those only five minutes. Mm-hmm. Two for two from the field, five points. He had the one turnover, but he also gets credited for a block in this game. And uh, all these minutes, but one came in the first half. So the, the Suns on the back, the second night of a back-to-back, Devin Booker played 37 minutes. Chris Paul played 32. Aiden played 32. Crowder played 30. Bridges played 36, but like I mentioned, he only played 20 last night, so I don't care. So the, the team uh, outside of Cam Johnson and Torrey Craig and campaign, you know, that's kind of showing you, and Darius Arch with the 13, that's kind of showing you that's the nine. That's the nine that he really wants to use, that Monty wants to use. Is He wants to use his starting five, and then he wants to bring in Dario Sarge, Torrey Craig, and Cameron John- and John- Cameron Johnson are going to kind of make up that uh, the the wings, and campaign's going to pick up the, the guard minutes because you were seeing a lot of Devin Booker out for prolonged periods of time while campaign was in, mm-hmm. Chris Paul for a prolonged period of time when campaign was in, and he was trying that out tonight for a couple different reasons, I assume. One, they were trying to... Uh, stabilize, provide some defense, try, try to stop the Clippers from continuing to make shots and runs, and they couldn't really do it. Uh, but also at the other the other uh, side of the coin is you're solidifying what this matchup could look like. You want to get some of it on tape, and you want to see how the Clippers attack. So if you play them in the playoffs, you have a little point of reference. Yeah, exactly. And campaigns, another guy that we were talking about, or I was talking about, just getting him minutes, seeing what you have with them. Campaigns, that guy to where, you know, right now you have to trust him as your backup point guard, no matter what. He's the guy that's going to get the most minutes to come in to back up Chris Paul or play alongside Chris Paul and Devin Booker. 
So what he did tonight when I'm watching him and I'm just I'm realizing like he's not as much as a playmaker as he can be because I think he plays a lot of minutes with a lot of starters and his rotations, everyone he's in with is just so random. So it might be tough for him, but he's such a good scorer. So I was going to ask you, like, if you would rather him just, you know, look for the shot, prefer him to actually be just a shot maker instead of like trying to be a creator. Like I would actually prefer that more because he is a good He's a good shooter, and I think around the rim, 18 feet, 12 feet, around the rim, especially just lay-ins, like he can get the ball up as long as he has confidence. I just I like to see him focus more on that and trying to be a playmaker. Well, I mean, he's like Leandro Barbosa. You know, he's like Leandro he Payne out there. Yeah. I mean, the way his his good quickness, his ability to get to the rim, he beats guys using angles just like Leandro Barbosa used to do. But I would like to see him play make more. I mean, I understand that you'd like to see him shoot more because you think that he has a high percentage, and he does. He's having a great year. He's shooting nearly 50% from three-point line this season. Obviously didn't have the greatest uh, night tonight. Ended with, let's see, campaign 0 for 2 from 3. So, I mean, that's not going to affect his overall percentage percentage very well uh, it's the the rest of the it was the rest of the team that really couldn't hit any threes it was everybody all together they all contributed to 25 percent shooting from yeah, the three but i want to see him play make more because you that's what you need we have backup two guards we have javon carter we have langston galloway we need to see more playmaking and and continuing that offensive onslaught coming from our bench players that we've had all season primarily at the front end of the season now Granted, you're starting to see more minutes log on the starters as we yeah. head towards the playoffs because you're trying to to build their stamina. You're trying to build their confidence. You're doing all these things to get them ready for that playoff run. But at the same time, like you need to really fortify those campaign minutes. And there's nights where he looks fantastic, and there's nights where he's just kind of ho-hum. And tonight was kind of one of those ho-hum nights. He uh, he ended with a total of three turnovers, not very productive for him, only two assists. Uh, he did get one steal. So mm-hmm. I, I'd like to see campaign more in the distributor role than I would the scoring role. Oh, yeah. I mean, you want to. I just I was thinking about the bubble, too, like how he carried the second unit by just scoring, knocking down nasty threes. Oh, yeah. I just once you get that going, especially in the playoffs, you can just be that guy that can win you one or two games over a span of a couple series, not in the same series, but it can be like the campaign game or maybe just one series for one game. That's good enough. I just think his scoring is that good off the bench. So that's why I wanted to mention it. No, I agree. I mean, he does have that affinity to score, but we also have other guys who can score and they could be better. Mm -hmm. If you have somebody who can distribute the ball to them effectively, we can see more cam wide open shots. We can see Dario Saric play maybe a little bit better as well uh, because, Mm -hmm. Oh, our boy Dario. Sarge smoke break. I'm going to need a smoke break after Dario's performance tonight, man. Yeah, I mean, this was a break. tough one. I mean, it's it, <laughs> yeah, we should just start pulling out the camel. <laughs> no, no filters. We like, to, man, we should. I think after after losses, we should just have smoke in this room. Every <laughs> both the rooms we're in, you know, just covering it like a smoke like, uh, hot box. It. Whatever you it, call look, it. it looks like a bar pre 1999. <laughs> yeah, in Phoenix. No, we they, didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's it's so funny because the evening started with him stripping Kawhi Leonard of the ball and like starting a fast break. I was like, oh shit, here yeah. we go, Dario, and then he revealed that he has the gracefulness of a wounded wallaby. I mean, wide open underneath the basket, a pump fake to a travel somehow. Uh, and then Twitter just starts railing on him. They want him benched. Uh, 
what 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 are your thoughts on Dario? Should he be benched? I mean, what are you going to bench him for? Frank Kaminsky, who has no, no. So it kind of falls in the same line. These guys getting minutes and like producing against a a, a team that is more competitive that they're going to be a problem in the future. The only thing is, Sarge is so limited, you know, against athletic teams. Uh, who were they playing? The Rockets, where he just got swarmed and yeah. swatted, you know, like every possession. So he is very limited. <clears throat> so what you want to see from him is uh, get the loogie out of his throat. No, what you want to see from uh, Dario Saric is really just continue to improve with not his speed, but just getting the ball out, either throwing it at the rim like he does in a hook shot quicker, stop using up so much shot clock, and maybe be back um, by the three-point line and kind of be the point Dario we saw before. Someone that can distribute quickly because when he was doing it, he wasn't really taking his time. Right now... He's slower than normal, so he's not sloth speed right now, but he is close. And once he becomes a sloth, is that the right word for that animal? A sloth? Yes, that's correct. Really Sloths right are slow. Sloths are very slow. For I should have said a, a, a wounded sloth, but I like yeah. wallaby because it had alliteration. No, like <laughs> wounded wallaby. That's what <laughs> Dario Sarge We're looked like tonight. To animals now that smoke, you know? Well, they <laughs> yeah. do that, right? They're testing. So, uh, But yeah, I just think Sarge, the, the only way is his three-pointer – you know, he's never been so focused on. That's why he liked him. That's why we liked him so much this year is because he wasn't jacking up the threes and he's still not doing that. So the only thing is he just needs to have quicker decision making whoever's guarding him. If it's someone that's too long, pass out of it. There's no no reason for you to work it so low to where you're so lost down there where you might turn the ball over or throw up a bad hook shot. Make your decision quicker to what you want to do. I know he's not the fastest guy, of course, but just make the quick decision that either you're going to pass out or back the guy down a few steps and throw it up. Because that's the only thing you can do right now, right? Watching watching uh, Dario makes me want to pass out. It's just it's been a rough few games for him. It you has. know, he he had twenty points against the Hawks, sixteen points against the Chicago Bulls, and then like eleven points against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So we were like, okay, Dario's Dario's back, you know. But if you include those games, okay, his last twelve mm-hmm. games leading into this, seven point three points per game. 1.4 assists, 5.4 rebounds, and a field goal percentage of only 40%. That's your backup five. Your backup five should have better than 40% shooting. Now, granted, he's also taking a total of 2.5 threes per game, and he's hitting 28% of them. So factor that in. That, those are just ugly numbers. And obviously, this is the Achilles heel of the Phoenix Suns. This is why we wanted the Suns to make some attempt in the buyout market to just get another big. You know, even Damon Jones, a guy, Damian Jones, whatever his name was, even he was somebody who, although he was a walking foul, I mean, that guy couldn't play three minutes without getting four fouls. He was somebody you could throw in there for two or three minutes and just hope he could grab a couple boards. And and granted, he really didn't do that very well. But you needed somebody to do that. And that allowed Dario to play a little bit further out and have an ability to play his true position, which he's more of a four. He's a stretch four. That's what he came to the Suns as. That's what he was a starter as last year. And they're going to continue, the Suns, that is, is to use him as the back of five, and I'm okay with it. I really think, you know, Frank Kaminsky's not going to play better than he is because Frank Kaminsky doesn't know how to control his body either. He's even more ungraceful because he's longer and bigger. You know, he's like seven foot one down there just lurching around in slow motion. Dario at least has some technical skills. I just feel like, He's really had a hard time as of late utilizing those technical skills to be to put forth a productive effort. He is. And one other note, 
that I just want to add in there is uh, Dario with a two-man game. He plays with somebody usually. You didn't see that tonight as much. He's usually pretty good at running like a two-man game with Chris Paul in there. Uh, the other another point guard whoever else is in there sometimes honestly craig is another guy that he likes to play off of he, you've seen that a few times in a couple mm-hmm. games and it works nice so i think he needs that other guy to throw the ball back and forth until he gets it in a spot until he's ready set by the by the hoop to get a shot off uh so i don't know there's a lot of things missing just like last time we went through a slump we had no idea what was going on we didn't know how he would get out of it then he had a couple of really good games so we're looking forward to that again and it's not like this is going to be something serious. he did throw himself out of the six man race that's not going to happen of course no, but no. i'm just looking forward to a decent good dario to where when we have a smoke break now we can actually talk about something good because ever since we had this it's been bad games <laughs> he's been bad games <laughs> you know it's just it's you need those productive minutes because da is providing you those quality minutes on the front end of being a starter at that five so you need somebody on the back end of at the five to just kind of continue to do those little things you know last night was a decent game i mean he ended with but he had the eight boards you look at his performance tonight matthew he had a total of 13 minutes played because you just couldn't play him over four from the field two points total one rebound that's what you got from dario sarge tonight mm-hmm. so uh that was our dario sarge break brought to you by car I just realized if you're listening on the podcast, all you heard was some classical music right there, and you didn't see a cool graphic, uh, which provides, which is a shout out to our Cartizman buds who like to throw our Suns Jam Session logo on some local vehicles, and they drive around and tell people like, "Hey, follow follow the podcast and follow my car. Maybe if you come or home, get the I'll hell out of my way. Get the hell out of my way. Use your <laughs> blinker. Use your blinker." So, um, well, let's talk a little bit about the Clippers. Always plenty to talk about when you're dealing yeah. with one of your division rivals. Um, you know, the first guy that I wanted to bring up is one of, you know, we talked a little bit about Paul George, but I mean, this guy was unbelievably unconscious tonight. The only thing that could stop him in the first half was himself because he was getting into foul trouble. We scored nine of the first 16 points for the Los Angeles Clippers, 33 points on 12 of 19 shooting seven for nine from deep. Matthew, how much of a problem is he going to be for the Suns if we match up with them in the playoffs? Not at all. All right. Not Next up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I've said it a couple times. I mean, playoff P does not show up. Playoff poop does. Uh, so if he can get over that, then he'll be he'll be a real issue. But until he stops complaining about other things, like blaming other people for his troubles on the court, he'll get better. But right now, he's still. As long as he does those interviews where he's talking about, oh, this is the reason why this is happening, this is it. Like, he'll never get over it until he just shuts his mouth up and plays the way he did tonight. Because during the regular season, like I said, I don't know, I don't even know we double teamed him tonight or they tried to, but you couldn't do anything against him. Just, just that's just how good he is, dude. Yeah. But in the playoffs, I'm not too worried, really. I just, I think the Suns can really take the team in the playoffs, even with this loss tonight. So there's two guys on their team that are superstars, but wanted a leader to come in with Rajon Rondo. I'm more scared of Rajon Rondo than My those two guys question. for some reason in the playoffs. Was Rajon Rondo is now a member of the Los Angeles Clippers? How smart of a signing was that for the Clippers? And why didn't it work out with the Hawks? I was really hoping he would just stay in the Eastern Conference <laughs> this year. Yeah, I know. Why does he have to come back and play in the playoffs in the West? That is just that's the biggest BS. I mean, a lot of people, every time he gets signed to a new team that goes to the playoffs, it's like he doesn't have it. It doesn't, he's too old now, but his leadership, his skills on the court, you saw it tonight where he can just take pretty much tear a team apart on the defensive end. Yep. He 
just did whatever he wanted against the Suns. I don't know if it's because they don't expect it from him anymore, but he is a good leader that they needed. Uh, it is kind of weird. Barkley said something about it, how they, they signed him to be the leader of two guys that are superstars. It's kind of strange. That's why they called... That's why he was saying the Clippers are fakes. And now they'll probably win the championship because every time Charles Barkley says anything about a team, it goes the opposite way. But yes. I honestly think that Rajon Rondo was a great piece for them to add. I'm very jealous. I'm not saying that I wanted him on this team, but he is somebody that's really going to help them go the extra step. I'm not going to say they're going to win a championship, but no, but he provides that, that they leadership that they need. So yes. uh, I, I agree. It's a scary signing for them for that exact reason. Somebody who has a, defensive affinity can get under your skin and it's just a scrappy player and he's a championship level player and i mean i'll just be interested to see how far they go under him uh, i see that dave king has entered the chat from bright side of the sun managing editor oh. and he says uh, we need a dario sarch 20 a dario sarch watch 2021 segment dave have dave you dave the, have you seen the pod you haven't watched the pod have you the sarch smoke break it's a smoke break for Darius Sarge because he likes to hang out with Circle K's and smoke cigarettes. Is he yanking and our chain? He might and, be that's, yanking our and, chain. and that's all he's been doing this entire yeah. game was just hanging out underneath the basket, just smoking cigarettes. Like, oh, I don't need a rebound. I don't need to put up a quality shot. But <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and obviously the other Clipper, love you, Dave. Thanks for joining the pod. Um, and, the, and the other Laker that we have to talk about, uh, first I want to talk about Kawhi Leonard. I, you know, he's one of those players, I think other than Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin Durant, he's just one of my favorite players to watch play. I like the way he plays on both ends of the court. And whenever he yeah. beats us or has a good game, it's just like, it's frustrating. Cause like, I like watching quality basketball and yeah. he's just, he's such a good player. 27 points tonight, five assists, five rebounds, 10 for 20 shooting three for seven from downtown. Uh, what did you think about Kawhi Leonard tonight? I mean, cause it was oh, Leo and Geo tonight. It was 27 from Leo, yeah. 33 from Geo. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get what you got from Kawhi every night. Basically, just the standard stats. The only thing is, okay, that Duncan 8 was pretty nice. It was kind of like a Mari-esque where he threw it through. I don't even... Did he touch the rim? He might have touched the rim. It was like the Dwight Howard in the slam dunk contest Superman one where he threw it in. But while he was doing that, he was like... His offhand was on... DeAndre Ayton's arms pushing Yeah, I mean, that's the only way to get it down, so... That's a fact. But, you know, praise DeAndre for staying in there. You know, if he shied away, we would have been making fun of him and went in watch. So, but the thing is with Kawhi that I always notice is he'll have like that great, great play, like the dunk. Yes. And after that, he can never really follow it up with big shots later in the game. He made a, he made some, a decent mid range later in the game that kind of helped um, boost the lead a little bit. But, what he does though, he just has these intense plays. They're like, holy crap. Like you saw when they won the finals, but then he just can't continue like a Paul George does. Yes. Paul George will continue to whoop your ass until yes. the game is over in the in the regular season. Kawhi just doesn't I feel like he he's a great player, of course, but I just never seen that with him. So that's why I'm not too scared with him. I feel like he takes a lot of jump shots, a lot of fadeaways, and he is a guy that will shots. miss. Yeah, he'll miss a lot of them. He's not as accurate as when I watch him. Maybe the stats say otherwise, but when I watch him, he's not the guy to continue that, to like pour it on another team. So not too scared of him, but I love watching him play. He's a silent guy. You can't really hate him, right? I mean, you don't have a lot of anger towards him when you watch him, right? You can. I mean, he's just he's a robot. You know, Paul George, you can hate because his face. You know, because you <laughs> yeah. he just he he yeah. he does stupid expressions with his Good face reason. after you know yeah. it's like i just i don't like his face sometimes and then he of course he does have those heat checks where he hits all those shots and it just frustrates you whereas yeah Kawhi is just kind of 
he's but he's he's a quality he's a quality player and he plays really good defense. And again, the fact that they were utilizing him on Devin Booker, on Chris Paul, trying to slow down the guards uh, was just uh, you knew it was going to be a tough game because this is a good defensive team. These are two teams that are in both offense and defense top five rating in the NBA. So I mean, it's just it was going to be a good game, and it was for about three and a half quarters. Uh, Avaka Zubak didn't do anything tonight. I mean, he's a oh. guy who coming into this game, I was like, I'm interested to see how DA matches up against him. Obviously DA had a great game. Yeah. Zubak, you don't even like, you look at the box score and you're like, Oh he, shit. He played 24 minutes. Like it, did, it felt like he played 10. Yeah. The only thing is he did have good positioning under the basket uh, to get the, some offensive rebounds. Just DA is, he can now jump them easily. He can tip it out of there. So he had good positioning, a nice big body down there to, to box some people out, but he just couldn't grab the ball. He can't jump over a nickel. He's a guy that is seriously going to have issues against anybody in the playoffs. Well, I mean, in the West, you have so many centers. He can't really do too much. So he'll be out of games. He'll play himself out of games. Uh, you could just see Aiden, like tonight, I feel like he's used to have issues in the past against Zubak. Like it was kind of intimidating a little mm-hmm. bit, but you just see Aiden, it doesn't even matter for him anymore. And I just want to say really quick, play of the game. I have to give it to Booker uh, on that block against Kawhi because yeah. Kawhi was going up for another dunk and he laid it into him yes, to make up for that one dunk him. over DA. Yeah, I don't think that, that should have been a flagrant though. He got ball no. and like he jumped yeah. up like this and he and he you know with his arm close to it's not like he was trying to hit him in the throat. Mm-hmm. Kawhi's throat shouldn't have been there. He ran his throat into <laughs> Booker's arm. Yeah, he got but- he got blocked, man, and Maybe it was. That. just you know, they ended up calling a flagrant on it. And they, I, I thought personally it should have been a common foul. And, you know, I think, uh, is it Davis? I think it was for, it's Mike or Mark Davis is the head official. And he's, he's this guy who was there tonight. I believe he was actually the head official when Devin Booker got double teed and thrown out of the game. And I love my favorite. One of my favorite moments tonight was when he's like the Clippers, uh, uh, challenge is successful. The foul is actually on Batum, you know, and they're like, no, that like, was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then one question I have too is, okay. So the, the, the foul that got um, Beverly kicked out of the game. Yes. That wasn't a flagrant too. Why did the Suns not get free throws? He fouled him and we're in they the bonus. Did, they right? just didn't show it. Oh, really? They did. Because Dude, the Suns, what, okay, the I thought Suns it was going crazy. Ended, I kept seeing yeah. more points so, on the TNT's scoreboard. presentation tonight. I gotta, I gotta oh. give like a, a three out of ten to TNT tonight. We talked about it last night. Do you watch the ESPN national broadcast or do you watch Valley of the Valley Rally podcast mm-hmm. with Eddie Johnson and K Ray? And you know, tonight we had no choice. And we both said last night, like, oh, it's on TNT. It's going to be quality watch. Yeah. It starts super late to where you have to flip over to NBA TV if you have NBA TV to watch the beginning of the game yeah. because the stupid fucking Lakers game is going on way too long that nobody cares about. And I don't know why they just go, hey, this one's almost over. Let's switch out of this. If you want to watch the end of this, go to NBA TV because this, this game's dumb. Um, and then they have every time the Suns had the ball, not every time, but the only time that they would utilize that stupid like courtside moving cameras when the Suns had possessions and they're zooming in on Tory Craig when he's being double teamed, you have, you can't see the floor at all. I mean, so I just I really I thought the I presentation. Like oh, I hated that camera. I don't it was know why. Making me nauseous, like man. Oh, really? I get really into it. I, I know you can't see the other side. But I love how you can see underneath the net, so you can kind of see if the ball's going to go in or not. So I actually I like it. I feel like you can see enough, but I don't know. It does make me kind of nauseous, but I kind of like that. I like throwing up. So yeah, it gave me a like, migraine. Okay. Oh, so, yeah, I did mean, it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was just like, so I just I really wasn't a fan of the way that they uh, they presented the game. And you mentioned Pat, Patrick Beverly. I think it's time we talk about Pat Bev. Uh, yes. Did Kevin Harlan have to remind us 
every time Beverly touched the ball that he was on a minutes restriction. Like every time, oh, there's Beverly. He's got the ball. Oh, he's on a minutes restriction. <laughs> Did you know that, Reggie? Reggie's like, yeah, Kevin. He told me seven times. He's like, bang. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. I didn't even know he was on until he got ejected. Honestly, I missed that part. I must have missed that just like the free throws, you know. So I guess <laughs> I didn't know what was going on this game. <laughs> yeah but um oh i was gonna ask you too uh did you see the commercial with kelly Oubre? yeah poor kelly he needs to go to the bench he's fighting he's like players on the team on the warriors right now are just like listen Uh dude we need you to be on the bench he's like dude i got a natural commercial where i'm saying yeah of course i was surprised kelly Oubre doing on a national commercial but I had to. So, did you like that commercial or did you like this commercial? Pieza profunda e higiene. Confía en HS para un pelo 100% libre de caspa. Clínicamente probado. HS, champú número uno en España. <laughs> you, you found the Rubio commercial. Commercial. So, I was like, as soon as I saw Kelly Uber, I'm like, I got to find that commercial. So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know you put that thing in there. That's fantastic. Oh, the Kelly or the, the Ricky yeah. Rubio commercial. Oh man, that's uh, that's just fantastic. Right. That's just fantastic. Uh, but yeah, back to the podcast. Uh, uh, Patrick Bevy Beverly, is this your favorite guy who pisses Booker off, guy? Yeah, because Booker he can take him right. I don't feel yes. like there's any time that he plays against Beverly where he doesn't have a good game because Beverly's just too small. He can't do anything. Booker can shoot over him whenever he wants, and if he's not shooting over him, then Beverly's gonna foul him. That's just the way it is. That's why I love watching him play against him because usually when you have those scrappy dudes that will like complain and hit people on crotches with their elbows. Usually it gets to Booker and he can't like contain himself in the past, but now it's just like anytime he plays Beverly, it's sweetness, I think. Yeah. So uh, I just, the way that he flops around the court and uh, tries to draw fouls and tries to get under his skin. It's, it's, it's almost comical at this point. So, uh, but Patrick Beverly gets ejected and so does Marcus Morris. So the silver lining tonight, both Marcus and Markeith Morris were ejected from their respective games. So there is a God. Yes, I know. <laughs> I didn't even get to see him getting ejected. What was it for? I don't Did know. Again, horrible, horrible TNT yeah, presentation. Like, oh, he's ejected. Like, oh, he got ejected. Like, <laughs> it's like, they're too busy like happened? showing off their cool camera over here. They're like, look, it's close to the court and it zooms in on the coach so you can't see anything else. Like, like oh, by that. the way, that guy got ejected over there. Like, it's, You see everybody's wedgies up and close. Yeah, they're like, let's get camera. real close on those wedgies. Oh, look, someone's got a poop stain. You know, it's But just, also the just, court side, guys. If you're sitting court side and you stick your hand out, it's going to get chopped off by that thing, right? Whenever they come back with the court side. <laughs> seats yeah. It, yeah it goes fast dude oh it Don't does well imagine out. if there's a loose ball and you go dive for it all of a sudden it's like and kelly Ubre lost a leg yeah that's what's <laughs> so, gonna happen so i mean again a uh, couple other notes i wanted to talk about i already talked about that uh the flagrant we talked about pat bev we talked about more stones i think we hit pretty much everything before we go on to the next game i do see that we have a uh a lakers fan in here who just keeps saying the same thing over and over again in the chat um He's just talking about CP3's minutes. He's like, so Chris Paul, so many minutes is going to flame out in the playoffs. Y'all don't care about his health. You know, he only played 32 minutes tonight. I mean, he's not. He playing wants to play those minutes. Yeah, like, it, it's he, up to him not, whether or not he wants to sit. Exactly. He, Monty's not going to tell him what to do. He's trying to guide this team. He's trying to get this team where they need to be, so in the playoffs they can be successful. And he's not playing an abundance of minutes. He's just playing every game. You know, I'm sorry he doesn't twist his ankle and have to take like seven weeks off. So, yeah, uh, la bitch. So <laughs> next up we have. Guess what? 
So we came into this game, Matthew. We both said that the Suns would beat the Clippers. We were both fairly confident. We both lost. I had an opportunity to finally go against you. So I asked you. I think I asked you twice too, Matt. Yeah, I was good with it. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-two and thirteen on the season. Am I twenty-five and ten? Are you? And next mm-hmm. up on Saturday, we have the Washington Wizards. So. As you look at this game, you know, and this is one where I'm not 100% sure I'll be here on the next podcast. I still might. Still up in the air. I might yep. have fans. I might not. Uh, but if not, Matthew will be in good hands. We'll find somebody to fill That's in. That's how hungover you are and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going I'm going to that uh, that Dimebacks opening day tomorrow night with my mom. We're going to get crunk. Oh, nice. Yeah. Have fun with that, look, dude. You could actually look for us on TV. We're going to be third row behind the Reds dugout is where my oh, mom got yeah, the tickets. Dude. Yeah. And so, so, so when the batter's there and they show, you'll be able to see me in the background because I'm going to be wearing this beautiful, you always get those seats. this beautiful color of Dodger blue. I'm going to be wearing my mom's <laughs> oh, so no. pissed. I'm wearing my Dodger shit. I've got my Mookie Betts championship shirt, my champs hat. And my mom's you're going to wear that shit. I'm like, yes, yeah. mother. Yes. So, I waited 20, 33 years to wear this shit in public. So they are playing the Dodgers tomorrow night. Is that a dumb question? No, they're playing the Cincinnati Reds. But I'm still wearing oh my, my Dodger gosh. shit. Oh my, you're gonna get so much shit thrown at you. Actually, no, you won't, because D-backs fans don't care. <laughs> yeah, they don't <laughs> care, and they're horrible. I was watching uh, Valley the Valley Rally Sports, uh, their Twitter account. David Peralta hit a triple today, and they're like, "Way to go! We broke up a no hitter." I'm like, "You broke up a no hitter at Coors Field. Like, how bad is this team right now?" Yeah. But anyways, but anyways, oh, Yankees. So, and then you go, Suns Geek in the chat. He says he's got us on Saturday. If I don't show, and even if I do show, maybe we'll bring you on Geek. You are yeah, a legend, and we way, appreciate it. On, so, so we always love talking. If I'm hosting it, it's gonna be a it might be in the dark. You know, <laughs> it's in the dark pod. <laughs> and one recommendation, geek. Last time you were on our podcast, when I went back and I listened to it again, your mic was low. So crank it up, fuckers. So he says, "Let's go." <laughs> um, so looking again at the Washington Wizards, which are coming up on Saturday. This mm-hmm. is a team that obviously uh, the Suns did lose to earlier this season in their one matchup. It was one of those those losses that we still kind of look back and shudder and go, what the hell happened? It's a team that's 18 and 32. They're 13th in the NBA uh, Eastern conference. They have the 22nd offensive rating, the 26th defensive rating. They've won five games in their, since the all-star break out of what, like 15. So Matthew, can you tell me why are we going to lose this game? Oh, you know, we would have lost if we would have won tonight. I actually told you off the podcast, I said, Suns, when they beat the Clippers, I'm going to pick the Wizards to win the next game. So that's not the case. This is going to be a Suns win for sure. And honestly, I don't know. I don't want to predict it. I just, I don't know. Actually, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to say Suns win. I'm not going to say how. Uh, I just, I hope to God it's a win, dude, because we don't want to go through another uh, couple podcasts in a row here with a couple losses. It's a pretty sad day when that happens. Yeah, we don't want a, a losing streak. You know, we've been through that no. for a decade and a half, so I don't want to deal with that shit. Um, you look at it, though, the thing that kind of worries me is Russell Westbrook. He's playing very well this season. Uh, their last game, they did beat the Orlando Magic. We know that the Orlando Magic is a team that is wounded severely. And the Washington Wizards, though, even though they they carry those offensive rating numbers with them, you look at some of their statistics in the league, and they're a team that uh, is is – has the ability to score. They're 11th overall in points. They're second overall in free throw attempts because they have the likes of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal who attack the the rim and they try to put you in foul trouble. Obviously, we know we get into foul trouble with Aiden unless Sarge comes out and has one of his great games. He's not necessarily going to do much for us, and that could put us in a, in a tough spot. 
And if you look at their overall uh, points per game in the league, they are 11th as well. So it's a team that, you know, they can score. They're an NBA team. They have pride. They got Bradley Beal. They got Russell Westbrook. They got Rui Hachimura. They got the Denny Avida. Avida. And they, do you know who they're starting? Do you know who their starting center was in their last game? Uh, No, who was it? Alex Len? Alex Len. So was it really? It was Alex Len. Nice, nice guess, man. Nice, dude. You know what? Yeah, I haven't watched a a second of Wizards basketball. So I'm trying to freshen up right now during the podcast to see who the hell started last game. (laughs) Well, there you go. I just told you. Yeah, exactly. So you saved my butt. But you you look at this next run, and after we get through these two games, it's the Wizards, it's the Rockets, it's the Heat, the Kings, the Spurs. That little run right there of five games, all at home, mind you, is a good opportunity for the Suns to, again, put together, get right back on that horse, put together a nice little winning streak of five games before they head out on the road, and they have a five-game road trip against the Bucks, the Sixers, the Celtics, the Nets, and the Knicks. And then they come home, they play the Clippers, and then the Jazz again. So, I mean, it, it, the schedule really gets tough uh, after mm-hmm. these next five games. We have to get through these five games. The hope is that we go 5-0 and in these games. And then for those last 16 games of the season, 12 of them are on the road and we have some tough competition. So the Wizards is the first step to that. Yeah. And honestly, if the Suns can on this homestand, if they can go even three and two, it's not like it's not expected, right? Because you can't really approach these games like win loss. When we predict them, of course, we're like, we're going to win one. We're going to win this one. We're going to lose that one. You know, you don't know this season. You really don't. And like, just like any other season, of course, the good teams are going to lose to the bad teams once in a while. But this season is just one of those seasons where you're just like, I have no idea that they might, they might go two and three in this homestand. Who knows? But hopefully, it's not back to back when that happens. But I mean, it, it has to be back to back though if they go two and three. So never mind. <laughs> so who wins? Uh, Suns. Yeah, I got to go with Suns against. Yeah, the they have to win this one, right? Well, I mean. They don't have to, but I really, really appreciate it. I really want it. them to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I really do as well. So um, I think that's it. I don't think I had anything else to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast, unless you had something you wanted to bring up, Matthew. You know, I have nothing else. You know, it was a fun-filled night with a loss, but a couple drinks here and there. Um, cranberry just, vodka, bro. For, yeah, cranberry vodka is too much. I am just excited. Um Limpieza profunda e higiene, confía en HS para un pelo 100% libre de caspa. Oh, Ricky. HS, champú número uno en España. That man Sorry, bun, though, the, man. The that man bun. Oh, Dude, Ricky. So. Drop the mic on that one. It was, it was a fun couple nights. You know, it playing was. the Jazz, yeah, playing the Clippers. Two completely different games. Very versatile ways that the Suns display that they can play basketball. They can beat you one way. They can lose one way. But they can they can go up against the Los Angeles Clippers, a team that was having uh, hit, couldn't miss anything. The Suns couldn't hit anything from deep. And they hung with them for the majority of the game. It just came down to ultimately they outlast them. So it was, it was a good litmus test, as we mentioned, knowing that we have you know uh, a nice little stretch where we should rally off some wins. We should rally the Bally Valleys over these next few wins. Uh, and then it's then it's nut crunching time. It's prep for the playoffs and hit the road, Jack, and get ready for it. So uh, exciting basketball, even though it's a 10-point loss. I really, really enjoyed these last couple games just to feel like that as a Suns fan. Yeah, I'm glad we let the Clippers feel good about themselves for once in a while. I mean, it's not going to last, so you might as well – yeah, what what was Paul George even doing making those threes? Was he like riding the horse or something after that? He's going to get himself hurt next time he does that, okay? <laughs> it's not going to happen again. Clippers felt good tonight, but it's not going to happen again. Trust me. 
Oh, there you go. And on that note, we're going to close out the podcast. So if you're watching along live on the YouTube chat, go ahead and give us a thumbs up. I need those thumbs up because I know there are Laker fans in here tonight. They probably gave us a thumbs down because they're spiteful after winning a championship. For some reason, they feel like they got to come over to a son's uh, after losing tonight as well, they have to come over here and let us know how they feel about themselves just to make themselves feel better. So give me those thumbs ups <laughs> if you can. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network, please subscribe, rate, review. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us one of those five-star reviews and also leave us a comment and a review. We'll read it here on the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm at Lissy. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Suns Jam. Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. Have a fantastic evening. We'll see you here Saturday. Maybe I will, maybe I won't, but we'll see. Yeah, John does what he wants, but everyone else, go home and love your family. Hey, listen here, you... <laughs>